Hello and welcome back to Lovecraft Country Critical. Yay! Yay! Is that you want us to cheer? Yeah, yeah. That was a cue for cheer. Uh, <laughs> we are back today to talk about episode three, Holy Ghost, uh, and I am joined. You've heard all of those voices, so I'm joined by Gaz down under. Hello, hello. What's he doing down there? Uh, John, <laughs> not down under. Yeah, you're right. And Len in his new house. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting. This episode, right? Yeah, just before we get into it or whatever. Haunted. Um I've literally just moved house. Uh brand new house. And um it's not a brand new house, it's an old house, but I've right. moved into a what new house. What is this? Real estate. <laughs> I was joking about a week ago. <laughs> about a week ago, I was joking with my girlfriend. I was like, What if it was haunted? Because I've always worried that when you actually move into a house, it's gonna stay in for a long time. What if it's actually haunted, right? And then this bloody episode happened and I was a bit like, well, it's a bit weird time. Yeah, that's definitely haunted. Have you got and, a creepy um, basement? Or... Uh, no, but I have been woken up several... Well, this is the thing. For the last two nights in a row, I've been woken up by howling because my great Dane has not settled well. Uh, and then I also woke up the other night with her just standing over me. So yeah. make of that what you will. Hungry, going to eat you in the night. I'm also in a, in a different house. So I've temporarily moved in with my parents. Do they stand over your bed randomly <laughs> at night as well? No, but the cat does because do, oh, she hates they, me. They do howl in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh yeah, but that's normal. They've done that for years. Mm. <laughs> Before we get completely caught up in talking about houses and hauntings, uh, I think it's time to talk about what we're actually here for. Um, so if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, we are here welcome. to talk about the new HBO Hello. series, Lovecraft <laughs> Country. Uh, we've been covering this since it launched a few weeks ago. And we're on the third episode. Uh, so what we will do over the course of this podcast is give an overview of the show, what we thought of it, talk through the plot, make our way over to Cthulhu Corner. Hopefully Gaz gets a bit of Lovecraft Lounge. Absolutely. A uh, bit of listener feedback. And, uh, and then and leave you worst to think. line of the week. Oh, yeah. And worst John. line of the week. Definitely remember um, to do that. So <laughs> <laughs> so let's kick off. I want um, I want to talk about what we thought about the episode as a whole, uh, and a blueberry score and an explanation of thus system. Uh, Len, kick us off, please, with what you thought of Holy Ghost. Mm. Okay, I will. Before that, as you said, the blueberry scale. Uh, this is how we rate everything here at Fan Critical on a scale of zero to five blueberries and there can be no half blueberries it is a harsh but fair scale okay mm, uh, the season's doing pretty well so far uh, tracking pretty well I'd say the average so far is a four across the board so I said after last week which I felt was always going to be a tricky episode because there's just so much they wanted to cram into that episode and it obviously goes very fantastical with the spells and we talked about that and talked about how it was a little bit problematic um and i was hoping that they would go into the sort of more episodic route uh similar to what the book does and i was thrilled to see that they have gone down that yes. route and i i really enjoyed this episode i i would say that the whole idea of like um in the book of, of like Letty and and Ruby pioneering into this white neighborhood was really fascinating to sort of read in the book. And I thought they did a really good job of realizing that uh, for the screen. Not only that, you've got the sort of haunted house storyline that runs parallel to it. And I thought this was just, <laughs> it was kind of the camp horror that we've actually been talking about for the last two episodes. Um, <laughs> 
but some of it was brutal. I love some of the effects. Some of the other effects, which I'm going to talk to John about later, I'm sure I didn't like. But overall, I absolutely um, love this story. And the thing about it as well is like the ca- the moments between the characters were fantastic this week. Like I know there's all the supernatural stuff going on around it, but the conversations with like, and we'll talk about it in more detail, between Montrose and Tick, I loved the conversations between um, like, Hippolyta and whoever she was talking to because of <laughs> the grieving of George, uh, Letty and and Ruby and that fantastic sort of moment their relationship completely breaks down halfway through the episode. Um, for me, it was it, it that was some great character stuff and it made me very emotional. Uh, so I am going to give this episode four blueberries. I don't think it's as good as the premiere. I I really enjoyed it, um, and I think hopefully the, the the show will kick on from that troublesome second second episode uh and we'll see a lot more sort of consistency sort of monster of the week stories now uh throughout the season so four from me and mm, interesting okay Gaz, what about you all right we're gonna this might be a very top heavy uh blueberry section because you're getting all the positivity out the way first because i'm looking at john's face and i'm like right don't worry about him Remember what you thought of this episode. And mm. yeah. I'm going to tell you... Don't listen I, to little John. I loved this episode. I actually... It, it went for an hour and I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. Now, that isn't to say that everything that happened was necessarily brilliant in terms of production values. And uh, as as Lennis foreshadow, we will we will touch upon some of them. But in terms of the story, this, this, this individual story that happened, it's so well contained... Um, whilst also kind of weaving the the longer running narrative into it. Like compared to last week, it's so tight um, in terms of storytelling. The the music was back on track. Like I hated the music in in last episode, uh, last week's episode. Mm. Loved it in episode one and loved it again this episode. Um, Journey Smollett, her performance in this, like she steals the show. She was amazing, wasn't she? So she, good. Incredible. She was just phenomenal. The like baseball bat and the car scene. That's one of the coolest. Oh, that's love just that. so fucking cool. Um, now, <laughs> the the horror elements of this episode were weird. There were times <laughs> where it was literally goosebumps, and times where it was literally Hellraiser twelve or whatever they're up to with the Hellraiser movies. <laughs> Um, and it's kind of hard to reconcile the TV that. show goosebumps. No, that's what I was. That's what I meant. The TV show, the, it, oh. like some of the effects. Oh my word, um, they were bad. But <laughs> but in a way, I kind of enjoyed it. I don't know. I don't know why I allowed myself to enjoy that this week, um, whereas I didn't last week. And at its heart, this was this was a, a dramatic story about like a haunted house. Um, but it also it works a, as a drama about like redlining and pioneering and systematic racism yeah. and I, I thought it was really good and i'm giving it five blueberries wow there you go <laughs> he's giving it a wow. smash bang and wallop five i was not expecting that you... i was expecting a four blue from you that is yep. amazing brilliant um you go next emma john I'm, <laughs> no i'm gonna head to john next and i'm gonna round <laughs> things off nicely at the end so john um hit me with your blueberry stick baseball bat yeah i'd quite like to at this point um now i uh, right so i think i'm gonna delight um a fair few of our listeners actually because 
there there seems to be quite a lot of people that are enjoying this series and loving it for what it is. If this is a show that uh, is giving you what you want to see in terms of the way in which they're scoping the story and uh, the production and the way in which, uh, as Gaz says, they, I mean, it's it, they are very self-contained episodes. Um, and and uh, it, it kind of, nothing in, in this appears to be kind of linear, um, certainly in the way that I would expect kind of most HBO productions to go. Kind of feels a bit like American Horror Story or, or yeah. something like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah I got, I, got um, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, and that's another series that I abandoned after three episodes. Um, so, so the reason that I'm going to delight people is I, I can't pod on this anymore because do you know what? I quite like this uh, this house vibe um, I, as a self-contained episode. Yeah, I was enjoying it. Got to a point I was quite. I was like, oh, do you know what? This is. I think this is going to be the best episode <laughs> uh, for me. And uh, yeah, and then the ghosts. <laughs> now there's about the the highlight of the episode Gaz has, has mentioned kind of the the stomp outside smashing the the cars up stopping the the horns the beeping going really cool and like yeah right this is this is going to it's going to kick on from here and then it just turns into a completely different show again it's like no don't worry about any of that interesting stuff fucking in the bathroom and all that don't worry about that that was good stuff and then we get this like in about two minutes or something i guess um we go from the back of a police car where they're talking about why they bought the house and i was kind of like you know what i'll let the exposition go there now have you ended up buying this house it's quite expensive blah 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 goes back to the house photos oh yeah photos and then oh why is his head coming out of the ground yeah i had the john i had the john moment uh when that when that happened because that was for me that's the weakest effects moment but i also but i thought it was ghostbusters 2 john is what i was going to say to you it reminded me of ghostbusters 2 well i mean that was 1990 wasn't it like fucking 30 years ago yeah still classic Classic. (laughs) okay but anyway so slimer goes past but um so, <laughs> so we go from that, and then from there, it's just Imagine it's that. downhill. It's downhill, and I'm like, it's, it lost me. This is not for me, and the way it ends, <laughs> which is very like no, because remember that no, the last episode did matter, right? This was a filler, and then and then we will go back to the ah oh, right, okay. So we we are doing the magic stuff again. Um, yeah, this this is not for me. Um, and I suspect there's quite a few people um, that feel exactly how I feel. I've had, I've had some messages of support on Twitter, which is always nice. Um, so, yeah, uh, for me, it's another two bloobs. Um, everyone else can enjoy this bizarre, bizarre series. <laughs> Thank you, John. Nice little uh, mix of scores so far. Um <laughs> I think I'm. I think I might bring it some even it out a little bit. Um, I enjoyed this episode, but I didn't enjoy it as much as the first two. Um, I think that I'm not surprised that it's going to divide opinion. You know, there are some parts of it that are a bit rumpy and a bit yeah, you know, teenage goosebumps kind of thing. Um, I I think it's really difficult for me because this part of the book I really loved. 
and there are some things that are different. Yeah, really I agree different. with some of the changes there, I was going to say to you. We'll get onto mm. those, but... Yeah, and I don't want to talk the about them in interesting. detail. Yeah, interesting. And I think if we're going for a sort of monster of the week, which it looks like we are, um, it, it makes sense. And for someone who hasn't read the book, I think, you know, like Gaz, for example, really enjoyed this episode. Fantastic. I think for me, it's just that I felt such strength in the way the storyline and the book went around this this part of it. Um, and I felt such a kind of like strong love for it. I, I And that really developed some of the characters for me in a different way. I think it fell down a bit. Um, but there were some excellent scenes in it. You know, we've mentioned some of them, like the baseball bat, um, even the arrest, like Letty in the back of the police van, I thought was fantastic. And just the that, that fear um, that you felt simmering as they, you know, you talk about this pioneering and, um, you know, as they move into this white neighbourhood, that simmering fear under the surface I thought was done really well and I thought some of the yeah. performances were really great. Um, yeah. There's also, you know, some really good things in here that have historical weight, um, which are really interesting. So I've actually just been reading a really interesting book about some of the most controversial um experiments like psychological and um, medical experiments of the 20th century one of those is hinted at here which is very interesting um i did however have a bit of an awkward moment so sex scene good uh just just as we panned back to uh to look at tick's naked bare backside my dad walked in yeah yeah there you go standing over you again (laughs) yeah creepy (laughs) totally creepy (laughs) I'm going to give this three blueberries. And a lot of that Everyone is Everyone with a different change. score. Yeah, we already get that. Very so that's interesting. interesting. Two, three, four, and five. That is very interesting. I think the thing is with this show, I think, and the book, it's such an interesting, and, and this is the thing that I think is some people could look at it and really struggle, like, 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 and just not enjoy it. Like John has just expressed that he's, he doesn't under, he doesn't like the meshing of these genres and the way that that's being shown to him and to people in a way that it is difficult like it in the book there's more room for imagination so you know when someone you know says they're going to do a they do a spell in the book or whatever <laughs> you you imagine that the way you want to imagine that the way this is being shown it, it, they've gone down a very specific route and they're trying to obviously the, the book is all about these larger themes about racism and systemic racism mm. and living in that time in america and then the magic sort of just nudges that in the in the, you know it's how it's in relation to that it's the that plays into the bigger theme and here i think they are struggling a little bit with how they're getting that across i think this episode mm. did a far better job uh, than last week's episode and i think the first episode did a fantastic job i think last week as we said there was a little stumble but i can see how some people that the show just isn't for them because it is so like john said the the, the turns are very sharp. It's like being turned in that car with Letty in the back of it. They're, you know, they're, they're whiplash turns. They are whiplash mm. turns. One minute, you know, you've got these serious beats about uh, pioneering and like John said, living and trying to break into these white neighbourhoods. And Letty's obviously very, a strong character who doesn't want to give in, doesn't want to buckle. And then you've also got that reflected, a strong character reflected in the fact that there's a malevolent ghost in the house and she's performing some sort of exorcism. <laughs> so it is, it is, it is literally a left, a sharp left turn, then a sharp yeah. right turn. And, and that is, that is the way it plays in the book as well. You know, it is like that. Um, but maybe your mind softens 
ruins some of those turns when you are the one yeah. designing those scenes in your head. I Whereas where so. someone is presenting to you their vision of it, I think it can obviously be very jarring for people. But, you know, a lot of us are enjoying it. I'm sorry that John isn't enjoying it because oh, I, I really enjoy I, I don't care. his critical so opinion. I'm not, actually. I really, yeah, but I really, enjoy, I really enjoy his opinion um, on shows because I think it's a good counterbalance to what I experience and that's what I like having a conversation with you know trying to figure out I'll still texting goes slow shit mate don't worry about yeah (laughs) (laughs) no and I I think I think it's good to have that variety of opinion Um, you know it gets boring hearing us all go five bloops Um, but I know I think you're right I think that actually the the challenge here that you don't get so much in the book is that we're straddling three different things we're talking about societal racism um then there's monster of the week supernatural and then there is um you know the the underlying story of the braithwaites and all of that can be a bit jarring um and it's not for everyone but look i think there's a lot to talk about during the plot and i definitely want to get onto that but i am first going to hand over to len for a little advert break Hello, yes, welcome to the advert. And uh, this week, what we're going to ask you to do is simply subscribe to the channel. So if you are listening on any of the podcast platforms or Spotify, please do subscribe to this channel, Lovecraft Country Critical. Uh, Your support is very muchly appreciated. And if you like anything that we do uh, and the general discussions that we like, and I promise you, John does like some things. And if you want to find those things, they will be over on our fan critical channel all you have to do is search fan critical on any podcast app spotify TuneIn, stitcher etc and on there you'll see reviews for films like avengers endgame or uh how the fuck have you not seen that series or john and gaz's patented worst of netflix series uh, i can promise i can safely say that he doesn't like anything on there um so (laughs) we need to do search fan critical and please do subscribe to that Uh, and if you do want to support us further we would really really appreciate if you could go to www.patreon.com forward slash fan critical and donate some money uh to the to the podcast to the team so that we could uh produce more content for you guys get better equipment it goes towards hosting costs it all goes towards the show um we love podcasting on on different shows, different films, coming up with new ideas. Uh, and if you go onto that Patreon site, you'll see that your money does get you bonus content. It gets you access to the cast episodes. It gets you access to our Discord server where you can talk to us or just shoot us a message whenever you like. It also, um, if you pay for a certain amount, you can commission a podcast once a month. And we've had some great commissions recently. We have done films like uh, No Country for Old Men, uh, Midsommar, Hereditary, Uh, World War Z the list goes on Uh, and commission podcasts are great because it means that we get to you you tell us what to do basically and it means we'd have to think about it which is quite nice and they're all classics that we've covered so far so it's good fun so please do check that out go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical and any uh, monetary support that you can give us would be amazing so thank you very much everyone Uh, and thank you for the great reception we've had so far at the start of this Lovecraft Country critical run if you do want to leave us a review, please do go and do so on uh, Apple iTunes. Anyway, back to you in the studio, Em.
Cheers, Len. Uh, well, let's dive into the plot. So we open up the episode with Letty at a church service and we see a woman uh, in the or at the front of the congregation who uh, I believe is catching the Holy Ghost. And it's a really interesting um, opening scene because there's this, you know, there's a great energy uh, in the church and there's a lot yes. going on. Mm. Um, and Letty is not standing with the rest of the congregation. She looks very forlorn, very lost. Doing a bit of crying. Doing a bit of crying. Mm. And it's it, it's an interesting way to open. Um, how did how did you feel about this opening scene, Gaz? Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Um, thought it was quite powerful. Uh, the What is it that's been played over the top? Of the that. music, yeah, it's like uh, it's a it's a it's a song that I know quite well, Gareth, but I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. <laughs> That's how well he knows, not very it. well at all, then. <laughs> Pretty well, um, but it's that it's that slow sort of like, yeah, that sort of thing going on, and it's it's, it's sort of counterintuitive to the usual. I'll, I'll drop it in here so you can understand what I mean. Here you go. It's that, it's that sort of like, the, the, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Thanks. Good. Can we stop playing um, it over and over? It out. <laughs> yeah. Just repeat on repeat. Um, it's just that difference between obviously the the energy that Emma's talking about there and the fact that we need to remember that at the start of this episode that Letty has come back from the dead. Right. Okay. Now. Yeah, that doesn't happen in the book. That's going to affect you in certain ways. We can talk about it later in Cthulhu Corner and how some of the text mentioned in this episode relates to that. But what I will say is, like, Letty, you've got to remember, put yourself in her shoes here. She's She's been resurrected, essentially. Um, and th- this energy, she's not feeling it at the moment. And, and throughout the episode, no. we get the sense that she's trying to recapture that energy. She's trying to recapture her passion for life. Um, and you see that, like, it's just so juxtaposed in the next scene we will talk about in a minute with Ruby. So I thought this opening was very uh, mm. good and a great start for Journey Smollett, who, who does a fantastic job this episode. Um, yeah, so there you awesome. go, Emma, in answer to your question, that's what I thought of it. <laughs> Thanks, Gaz. I really appreciate Fuck that. Me. Um, what I will say is uh, I I don't know. I don't know why. The, the juxtaposition of the music and the action worked really well for me at this point, but it didn't work for me at all in last week's episode. Um, I'm not sure why. I mean, that was a pretty decent analysis of it, to be fair, Len, but I'm not sure that's what I was thinking at the time. Um, uh, but it but it worked. I, I really liked it. Yeah, I think it's um it's interesting, actually, from, if you think about it from a book perspective. In the book, Letty has much more religion. Yeah. and reliance upon god so for me it was really interesting to see her it was i think struggling with it um you know after everything that's happened the other thing that we get at the beginning of the episode is a a black screen with some text uh which yes. says in the summer of 1955 a group of negro men and women moved into a house on the north side of chicago ten days later three people went missing inside the house never to be seen again pioneering is dangerous bit of it so this episode slightly off at a tangent has a really different structure to it so we've got we've got screens giving us day one day two day five right the way through we've got this opening text to kind of ground us in it which is really really different to the first two episodes um 
and I'm interested to see if that continues. Um, John, this isn't normally something that you're a fan of. Uh, well, no. What day one, day two? No, that's no. I mean, it's a stylistic choice. I mean, if they'd have just gone like Tuesday, and then someone's like, "Oh, it's Tuesday today, isn't it?" I'll be like, "Why is he saying that? Stop saying that." <laughs> um, no, look, it, it's uh, it's a stylistic choice. Um, I quite liked it actually. I thought um, again, it, look, if if you accept that they're all going to be self-contained episodes. Um, and uh, I suspect that a lot of them are going to have very different styles. Um, mm. It did sort of remind me of American Poltergeist, but I guess it's it's quite a tropey thing, isn't it? I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to the think where, where they... does a very good job of it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That is a classic, yeah, like... though. That is five blues. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, you, yeah, I, do you know what this reminded me of, John? And this takes us back to... Um, uh, and I really liked it, actually. I thought this was done well. But it, it, it takes me back to those drunken nights where me, you and Emma <laughs> used to head over to Emma's <laughs> on a Monday night and talk about The Walking Dead. Walking because Dead. There, mm. there used to be always an episode a season or like they thought they were being really clever and they were using it. They just completely shifted the storytelling devices mm. like randomly in an episode. And you're like, what are you doing? It looks like a That's what it made me think of. I actually but, think they uh, did a good job here. Like th- this gives us, yeah, like you said, Em, it gives us a reference point. Um, and I thought, yeah. like John said, it was fine. Just coming back to that Walking Dead thing, um, they were on like fucking season seven and about 200 episodes in. So they're obviously running out of things to keep it interesting. It's like, are the zombies still about? Yep. Yep. Zombies. Still bloody zombies, <laughs> isn't there? Fucking zombies. Uh, it'll be yeah. fine. Look, we, we can learn to live with them. Oh, some groups come and attacked us again. So obviously they were like, <laughs> right, let's can we do this episode in black and white at least? Um, yeah, yeah. Don't be surprised if we get a black and white episode in uh, in this series. To be honest, talking about black and white, uh, Letty. We then move to Letty uh, taking Ruby to show her the house that she's bought on the north and uh, very white side of Chicago. Nice segue. Um, thank Good you. Good segue. Ruby is. Ruby is a little bit uncomfortable about this, um, but Letty says she wants to turn it into a boarding home for people that, you know, black people who need somewhere to live, need a bit of help, and it would give them an opportunity to kind of rebuild their their bond as sisters. Um, and, you know, coming after this this bit of text and giving us a bit of grounding, this is really interesting because this is something that, that happened um, and was really hard work. Um John, you liked the beginning of the episode, also the first sort of thirty minutes, and I think this is a this is a big part of it, and that theme of, you know, people of colour moving into predominantly white neighbourhoods and the challenges around that. How how did you feel about this opening? Um, you know, showing them around the house and on all that storyline. Yeah, I mean, I looked at it and thought, well, that's definitely a haunted house. I mean, like you don't have to put it out <laughs> on the listing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, look, it, it it is interesting, and I was kind of like. At this point, I thought, I wonder how this is going to play play into the rest of the series. Um, and obviously, I mean, it probably won't. Probably the house will probably just fly away and it will just be like, oh, don't worry about that. We'll just move on to another <laughs> Wizard thing. Wizard of Oz. Um, no, look, I I think the, the setting, um, I thought that looked really cool. Um, sort of like Castle Rock vibes, to be honest. Um, mm. 
obviously we get the uh, the episode in in season one where you get that random family that buy that house and then they just go mental but oh, spoiler for castle rock season one there. yeah um one of my favorite episodes of that season funnily enough so obviously when this begins i'm like oh this could be a good episode i could really enjoy this episode um i will say more more of that more more of the sisters just talking like do you mean you can you can just have dialogue you know like a goblin doesn't have to run past in the background to be like oh yeah now this is good because it was a (laughs) five bloops five bloops um (laughs) scene here um yeah so uh no look i I thought it was all right i quite quite enjoyed it and um again like it's not heavy-handed to uh for them to take that house in that neighborhood because it it's it is touching on that that racial uh aggression suppression segregation it's not forced it's not like uh they're just in a a cafe somewhere again and like someone's like oh you can't eat here or blah 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 it's like it's, yeah it's different much it? like the sundown town stuff it's like you know good historical pretext you know it's, it doesn't feel forced obviously when you get goblins and stuff and monsters then it fucks it up a little bit but up until this point fine yeah and and that conversation em i just wanted to reference like you know in that conversation they talk about um a couple a family moving in like there yes. was a riot across town that is a factual event that happened um you know where a, a literal ma- a mob of like 4000 white people stormed this 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 black family as they moved into their new home and they had to flee mm. so i thought that was very and interesting there was a lot well. of that happening yeah and i think exactly. it's interesting to bring it up um you know and, and and john's right in saying that it isn't forced and i think it's done really well and actually you know i i agree with john here that i'd like to see more of that relationship building or kind of exploration because i think len you and i have got a very different perspective here because i'm watching this going i know these characters yeah and i've already built a relationship with them and actually if you step away from that a little bit which is a little bit of how i felt about this episode and why i gave it three blueberries is that the audience who are just watching this don't get that they don't get that insight into the relationships that we have um and there is there are some quite sharp turns um so we move from from here to um Atticus uh who is staying with Hippolyta and Diana uh following George's death um it's pretty clear here that Atticus has probably overstayed his welcome a little bit and that he knows it and he feels uncomfortable but he wants to care for them um and we've just missed this chunk of them recovering from or coming back and recovering from George's death which I think is fine but we could have had a little bit more of it so um Atticus then goes to see Montrose and it's a pretty awkward conversation where they kind of try and talk about the fact that they can't talk about what happened so they're so isolated with that his uh his interaction with Montrose I think is brilliant I think that's actually one of the highlights of the the episode just they're really good together aren't really they? good and and the way that he's like hey look I think maybe I've overstayed my welcome um with Hippolyta, <laughs> um, her name every time. I have to just think about it. And um, he's like, Do you, "Could can I stay here for a bit, just a couple of days?" Um, and Montrose is just like, "Yeah." And that's it. 
walks off. Like, no, like, yeah, of course, you're my son. Like, yeah, but however long you need, just, yep. And it sums it up perfectly in one word and one tiny bit of acting where he doesn't even turn to face him. He just plays the record and walks out the room. The whole Montrose and Tick relationship, we, we've heard little nuggets of information about it throughout the last two episodes um, about how Montrose reacts to the way that Tick idolised some of the authors that he loves and, and the books he was reading as he was growing up because he felt he wasn't being a proud African-American, um, idolising people like Lovecraft and then learning the truth about him and then also speaking to um, like an army recruiting a journalist to try and say how to get more African-Americans into the army and stuff like that and just how they've always butted heads throughout their throughout mm. Tick's life essentially growing up and this is the first time we're getting a real sense of of that in these close confines that Tick grew up in with his father and um, Michael K. Williams is such a fantastic actor and and mm. like I said this this episode shines in these moments between characters, especially Letty and Ruby and, and I think Montrose and Tick here. So I hope we get more of these discussions as, as the season goes on because it's great stuff. No, totally agree. Uh, totally agree. There is one bit of these opening scenes that I'm going to throw to the floor for uh, <laughs> Throw it on the floor. Put yeah. it on the well, floor. The um, cutting room floor. So Hippolyta in these scenes is seen ripping pages from Dracula, which we later discover is George's favourite book. Anyone want to hazard an interpretation of this? Yeah, I was, I tell you what, I'm interested to see what you guys think, because I'm going to talk about Dracula later on in Cthulhu Corner, but I was, um, I was a bit baffled with this. Is she just ripping the pages out in frustration? I think it's probably... She's probably reading it and she's like, there's too much going on in this story. So much like this TV series, if we just skip loads of shit, get rid of all that. <laughs> all right. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. There's six pages here of someone's funeral. Don't worry about that. Three weeks later. Come on. Um, maybe that's what it is. The re-edit. Oh, Hippolyta is the John McCann of the Lovecraft country world. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So we start to move on with the action now. Uh, so Letty is in bed. Uh, clearly the house is quite hot and the blanket keeps getting pulled, first by a disembodied hand and then by a woman with what we later discover has a missing jaw, which was fucking yeah, rank. Yeah, gross. Absolutely yeah. fucking rank. That um, walking dead, walking dead again. Yeah, well, she was speechless, that... wasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Cat uh, got a tongue. No, that doesn't work. That's disgusting. Doesn't work at all, does it? No, it's terrible. She killed by a lion, or (laughs) right? Shut up! I'm moving on. That's just too much. Um, But I think you've got a bit of a juxtaposition here. So you've got that bit with the woman with no jaw, and then we move on to actually um, Letty heading. Yeah. (laughs) Letty heading down to the basement to sort the heating because she can't open the window. Everything's overheated. Clearly, someone has fucked up something with the boiler. Um, yeah. And you're kind of you're you've got the opposition of creepy jawless woman, horrible racist neighbours here, which I think is really fascinating. Yeah, there's um, there's haunting haunting and terror occurring inside the house and terror house. occurring outside the house. No escape. Yeah. Um, yeah, really interesting. And and being able to see kind of the difference, both the supernatural and the human here. Um, mm. So they're doing a lot of moving in and Atticus turns up 
and uh, Letty's Hello. pretty surprised. Hello, I'm here. Um, and asks him to stay at least for the housewarming party. She's got a spare room. Um, and so he agrees to do that. And then this is where we get, I think, one of the one of the best scenes where all of a sudden you can just hear car horns outside. And everybody goes out onto the uh, onto the front porch and you've got a group of white men who've parked their cars out there, strapped bricks to the horns, um, basically to try and drive them out. I thought this was excellent. Just, just uh, like a minor point, but it's probably worthwhile. Atticus doesn't actually agree to stay. He says, no, nah, I'd better head back to Florida. Tom and Buffs would only be a couple of days and it's been a month. And it's it's only after he goes out and sees those guys yes. standing there at their cars with the horns going that he's like, yeah, maybe I will stay a bit. Um, yeah, because he knows, like, you know, um, there might be a bit of a uh, bit of trouble. He mm. might be up for a, a rumble, rumble here. Rumble, mm. rumble. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure that we'd get too much of this because it seemed to be moving heavily into the kind of supernatural stuff. Cause obviously when Leslie's down in the basement, there's the banging and you know, she's scared shitless obviously. Cause you would be, um, and it, yeah, Not me. It's really I'm well brave. Well brave. Yeah. You're the goblin mate. You're the goblin Gaz- running around. Of course you're brave. Gaz is how how would I be the goblin? goblin? Surely the goblin would be John going, oh, I hate everything. Goblins are like angry and hate <laughs> yeah. things. Not, they're not John is okay. definitely yeah. a goblin. Get- Gareth is more like the Harry Potter ha- house elf thing. Dobby! And John, you're like a little troll or something that's running around. Mm. That's what's Big happening. Troll. So, and I'm the really cool troll. buff heroic knight that's you're slays You're a wanker, you both. mate. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking Draco Malfoy, mate. So, <clears throat> Oh, the blatant yeah. sexism here. I haven't been, even been cast as anything. Just ignored. No, you're not in it. You're, you're, not, you're not in it. You're wrong. I can't even you. host my own podcast. Mm. Um... Let's talk about the wow. housewarming party because this is cool. Yeah. Like this is, this, this is, is fun. A, it's really fun. A lot happens. We've got Ruby on the mic with the band. Um, there's some sexy time. There's some dancing. Yeah. There's punch. There's yeah. all sorts of exciting stuff. <laughs> there's punch. Where did that come from? I <laughs> know punch here. Oh, this is, this is what like a party. I'll tell you what. I tell you what, though, Build just because up. we're in lockdown, we're in lockdown, right? And like the thought of having a big party is like the best thing ever at the moment that none mm. of us can do. So to see it realised in this fun mm. way, I thought was just something that I was just like, oh, I really want to have a party. Like I've just moved into this house. Want I want to have a housewarming party. And then I was like, yeah, but will anyone bring punch? Do I have to make punch? And then it all got into punch. And <laughs> you I was have just, to like, make confused. punch. No. You but have to make punch I, as the I, host. I, of course, I love this. I love this uh, whole setup. Um, oh. It's fun. It's brilliant. Mm. Gaz, what did you think about Letty and Tick hooking up? Um, <laughs> and the punch, yeah. The punch. The punch looked good. I'll call looked it good. Punch. I, I love like an orangey looking punch as well. So that that would have been right up my alley. Um, and yeah, <laughs> go on. Uh, it's just punch. He was like, going to say, "I mean, this is set yeah. in the fifties, and even that is dated." Emma, you're like two hundred and fifty <laughs> years old, for fuck's sake! Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is this is good. The uh, the Letty and Tick. It's um, it's about time we've had two whole episodes without them. Yeah, come together. on! I've been waiting on. weeks for this. Um, that isn't true because last <laughs> week he did have a John's snake. John's been penis. shipping them. 
Yeah. Yeah. John's been like, I can't wait for I'm shipping Tick and Letty. He's like, yeah, obviously, John, we'll mm. we'll we'll with you on that, mate. Um, and maybe I am naive, uh, but after they, they finished finished pardon. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a name for them. Oh. <laughs> Licky. Oh. And Licky, Letty and Tick. Yeah, Licky. Liticus. How about Letic? Liticus. Letic. He did what? <laughs> I didn't see that. enough of this I have to change Um, my bloob score eh? (laughs) (laughs) what what minute and what second Uh, um, anyway after they they had that really long sex scene um, (laughs) that's been two whole episodes of build up I was was well Uh, impressed hey hey Mm. We're all Minutemen here, Correct. as we know. And yeah. we've earned that name. Not all um, of you. But we, we are Minutemen. What's we're that not... mean? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> here, I'm here too. I'm not a Minuteman. No, but we're referencing our group. I thought, about you. What, I thought you were giving, giving away a big leave. secret here, Emma. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ. Absolute bombshell. We are, we, but we are Minutemen. We're not 45-second lads. So... <laughs> Tick can't be in our group. It's not um, the same ring to it. Uh, <laughs> the eight-second um, goblin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's just so wrong. And the virgin, Draco Malfoy. Oh. Um, but... <laughs> oh, dear. It was interesting because they've obviously been really shipping the Tick and, and, and Letty relationship. And obviously they do get very close in the book and you get the sense that there might be some sort of romantic connection there but it's never explicitly shown to you uh the fact that this was letty's first time is obviously such a massive deal for her and like it you know i'm i'm happy that it was with tick you know because i think he's a fantastic guy i really like them too as a couple i think i think he's very understanding even the way he dealt with the situation there i felt was very understanding he's just a cool guy um cool guy and Letty's cool sort dude. of like, but Letty's sort of like, once again, like that she's been resurrected, right? So let's get back to this thing that she was killed last week. She's searching for something here, a feeling. She wants to feel something, right? And that's, I think that's where this comes from. Yeah, really interesting. I think, um, I think we've dissected that quite in, thoroughly. Thoroughly, yeah. Um, <laughs> the episode takes Much a turn longer here. than the, than the scene actually took as well. Yeah, and, and for some reason I now just feel really uncomfortable because all I can think about is the eight-second goblin. Um, so we take a pretty sharp turn here in the episode. They come back down to the party, everyone's having a great time, and then all of a sudden we spot this huge burning cross in front of the house and Letty has Letty has had enough. Um, and she grabs a baseball bat, she marches outside and she goes hell for leather on the cars with the bricks on the car horns. Um, mm. The lads are standing out there with their shotguns, ready to protect Letty if needs be. Hippolyta pulls the car around, drives the guns away. The police turned up, they're arrested. Um, John, you you mentioned this scene right at the beginning. Um, what? How did How did you feel about the way this was presented to us yeah look it's um however much you'll see kind of the the burning cross symbol in film it always kind of brings it home it's it's a horrendous uh symbol 
Like it, it always it's really feels visceral, isn't like it? very yeah. Like I mean, it's despicable. Um, but even more so, the the kind of juxtaposition um, we're talking about. You know, a, a religious family, um, and the irony being that we've got two sets of people that all believe in the same god and religion, and um, we won't get into that. I'll save that for another podcast. Um, but uh, but yeah, the the response where it's just like I'm not going to cower. I'm sick of this. Um, right, get the baseball bats and shotguns because I'm going to fucking start smashing some shit up. Um, and yeah, I mean, she is she's good. She's she is very good. As I said before, I, I don't have a lot of complaints about um, the actors in in this show, but I just. I, I, it's all over the place, but shit, but that is great. Um, I, would, I was intrigued to see where it would go. It's the best scene. In the, it's the best scene in the episode, in my in my opinion. And um, such such a those horn those horns have been going on for like the yeah. last ten minutes, and I was getting yeah. fucking frustrated of them. Mm. So it was very cathartic for her just to and and I have to you know smash those bricks away from the wheel. And I have to say, if I could wield a baseball bat as cool as she does and smash those windows in, yeah. that is a fucking good look. She was rocking it like mm. she that just everything about her character here is everything about her in this episode defiant strong um and refusing to give in to malevolent demons or you know who are also you know you know racists massive racists and the massive racists in the neighborhood Mm. and the ghosts in the house yeah very good yeah very cool she didn't she didn't have to necessarily drag the baseball bat down along the pavement as she walked out but it was fucking cool when she did i love that yeah, and I was just gonna say the the actual the actual scale of the cross, like it, that you, when she walked past it, it's massive. Like, mm. is that is yeah? You see it in TV shows and stuff all the time. I I just I I've never really thought about like the size of it. Like that is a it's a terrifying image. Massive massive cross. It's crucifix, fire. isn't it? Like I know, but it's yeah, just, it's, it's huge, horrific. And you're know, like terrifying, and you don't. I think the the impact of it in this was was incredible in an awful, awful way. Um, mm. And it, what I think almost is is the worst part of this scene, not in terms of quality, but in like emotion, is that right as she finishes, she drops that bat, she gets straight on the floor, hands behind her head, ready to be arrested by the police. It made me so angry. She just immediately drops like that. So angry. Um, really angry but it does then give us an opportunity to set up for the rest of the episode basically so she's arrested she's in the back of the van um an officer is With questioning captain lancaster yep he's With a wanker Cap- captain lancaster he's a wanker we'll see more of him yeah we will um so he's questioning her on why she bought the house who told her to buy it and uh and, and he tells her that there were eight black people or body parts of people found buried in the basement of of the house that she now lives in which sets us up to uh to to move on to the haunted house um element of this story um len what did you how did you react to the kind of back of the van yeah it's interesting because i felt like as someone who knows the story behind this house and and what's going on behind the scenes here, which we get a little peek at towards the episode, uh, the end of the episode when Christina Wraithwhite turns up. Um, 
there's a lot of moving parts that sort of fall into place in everyone's individual stories that create this this through line and i understand why it seems like john said it seems like oh they've just forgotten about what happened in last week's episode and it's not the case there are things that tie together there is a a threads that, that weave in and out of each episode and then bring us back round to a sort of end to this bigger narrative that's going on and it was interesting for me to, to sort of try and interpret what's going on in the back of the van as someone who hasn't read the book, right? Because they're just throwing information at you here, like, ah, oh, who told mm. you to buy the Winthrop house? Who did this? I thought it was very information heavy. Uh, and like John said earlier, you can excuse the exposition because they need to get this in there somehow. They need to get it in there somehow. No, but, but also, it's it's a policeman and like that's what he's doing. He's, he's, he's questioning yeah, investigating. Yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. like, okay, fine. Yeah, like it's if fine. it was just some random person was uh, like, "Oh, how have you bought this house?" and then you're like, "Why are you asking these questions? Go away!" Yeah, yeah. it's legitimate. Isn't I thought, it? It's a legitimate conversation. Yeah, I yeah, thought, it makes sense. Well, I mean, it's I, not because they like, should leave her alone, yeah. but you know. Yeah, I thought I thought that you know Captain Lancaster is an absolute dick. You can see that he's like one of the head honchos in in the, the the local police force. He's a massive racist, from what you can tell as well. Like, there's more going on with his character as as we will see. Um, but he's firmly on the side of like the neighborhood that they've sort of they're trying to pioneer into. So it's um it's interesting to see where they go with it, but I liked it. Nice. Well, um let's let's move along. Um so we then we then move to Letty in uh a bar, a diner, where she's clearly been for some time. She's got newspapers all around her, tick turns up and she's like, My house is haunted. Uh, and she explained some of this background. So the previous owner was a white scientist who did experiments on black people. Um, this very, very much links to um, some pretty horrific stuff. Pretty horrific sounds like I'm dumbing it down. I don't mean to. Absolutely horrendous um, things that happened in America to marginalised people of colour. Um, the Tuskegee experiments one of them and there are many many others um so it's interesting that you get and i think we mentioned this in the first episode stuff that we might not necessarily know about so like sundown towns that gives us an opportunity to go off and say what is this about and learn about it but also it sets up very nicely an opportunity for a haunted house so in order to try and sort this out uh letty brings um a conjuring lady a witch, yeah. I mean, a magical like, I lady. Know. We never get told. We never get told what sort of magic she practices, but we know that she magic in this world goats. exists. So, so ghost yeah. sacrifice, goats. seance. Poor always goats. goats, isn't it? Always. Yeah. Um, Gaz, Poor this is bastards. where we really start getting like... No super- wonder they're always screaming. <laughs> no wonder. This is where we start to get like super supernatural. Um, you know, there's a seance. Uh, they're in the basement. And at the same time, we've got the three guys who've been tormenting Lessie, breaking into the house to cause some trouble. Gaz, how did, what did you think about this whole... Well, this is, this is where the... Disaster. The horror and the gore gets ratcheted up. A few levels because um we've we seem to have missed we seem to have missed um the bit where where uh lessie sees all the the photos have have these scratches on them or something some kind of line on them puts them together and a face comes out on the floor and says get out of my house go which, away go out yeah. of here immediately 
which this is <laughs> <Lena's> my house. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how Please. I could have skipped that. Sorry, everyone. No, I that's mean, the worst. That's the worst bit of the episode. It is a bad yeah, bit. It's very goosebumps, like Gaz said. Yeah, um, it, and it's also very Ghostbusters too, as you said. But it, <clears throat> and I thought at that moment, I thought, shit, this episode's about to fall apart. Um, and <laughs> maybe it did in a way, but but I I I liked this last really intense kind of uh, few scenes. I thought the. Um, the horror was horrific uh, at, from this point forth, um, and uh, it was very gruesome. Um, yeah, uh, and I mean, to to be fair, macabre. It, yeah, it, it was. It was um, the, the the sort of the chanting and um, the the books flying around the basement and the, all of these ghostly apparitions. It's all. Ha- it all happens very quickly, and and like I've said before about this show, it kind of it, it subverts a lot of expectations because often, um, and you know, going back again to an earlier scene when like the, the the blankets being pulled off Letty, and you just see the severed arm doing it. Like normally, you wouldn't get that. You'd see the you'd see the the blanket being pulled, and you'd never see what's doing it, and and that would come much later. And again, there would be some chanting. There would be this sort of seancey type thing happening, and and nothing would happen the first time they try it. And there's none of that kind of build up. They just kind of go, "This is what's happening." And again, I, it annoyed me last week, and I think maybe last week I just had this impression that this was a this was a a, a series that was a coherent narrative the entire way through and i and so i had certain expectations and when they weren't met it annoyed me i totally recalibrated what i was expecting from this show and i think things that happened like this might have annoyed me if i hadn't had that recalibration but as it was i really liked it i liked i liked this um <laughs> this r-rated home alone what um, i really segment. liked about this was that letty basically called upon the people who have been murdered by this mad scientist um and 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 they came together to help her because that echoed so much from the book for me and it it was quick and actually that's part of the reason why my score is lower this week than it has been because i think i think this could have been a two-parter again i think you know like we had one and two we could have had three and four and yes yeah, it's, it's you know monster of the fortnight rather than monster of the week um but that that bit for me was great because it harkened back to uh, the relationship that letty in the book builds with the spirits in the house and i really yeah. really like that and, and that relationship is, is is very important later on in the story actually and and um the thing i thought the horror in this part of the episode was right on the money i love the gore i love the macabre um just nature of it the effects i thought in this part of the episode were brilliant um i can't i can't knock any of it i thought it ratcheted it up so quickly and like Gaz said it turned into like a hellraiser type situation where they, they just dialed it up to 11 and it was anything goes um and i can understand how this is such a whiplash turn to go from essentially 10 minutes ago you had the interrogation in the back of the van to this you could never make that jump like there was no way someone watching the episode would go you're gonna 
in 10 minutes, this is where you're going to be. Goat blood on your forehead, seance, and just it's going crazy. Um, but like you said, Em, it, it makes it's such a refreshing change to have this story about um, this African-American family exercising a ghost. It's usually like against a white family and it's usually like the ghost is, the ghost wants to, the other ghosts want to like send them to hell or something like that. But this time it was calling upon their ancestors and like, you know, well, again, fellow people who have, have suffered to, yeah, to help them. And, and that, for me, is such a subversion of what we usually see with these poltergeist stories that I really enjoyed it as a, as a sort of twist. And once again, shows how Letty is just such a strong character and she smashed it once again, like easily the best character in the show so far with, you know, hands down. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's talk about the final scene of the episode, uh, which actually includes what I think is one of the worst characters so far uh so we've got tick and christina braithwaite uh basically this scene uh reveals to us that she helped letty get the house because she wanted uh to find some of the pages of the book of names which winthrop who owned the house hid somewhere uh so he's using she's using letty for that this is um law heavy stuff yeah in order to create spells um including one that she talks about that her father had which basically was you can't harm me i'm untouchable um tick has gone there to kill her um but he can't because he's frozen john what yeah. did you think of this close to the episode oh god you don't go to john for this bit are you? i i well, say I, mean, I saved him for this. you've i mean you've avoided speaking to john for about 20 minutes and i, I feel like that's been Probably rightfully so to be honest um i kind of i i applaud uh all of your um uh your enthusiasm for um, what they're attempting to do, and I think in your own heads, you kind of like no, that could. I, I think I'm pretty sure I enjoyed that. Um, except, but I'm all about execution, man. Like, just to come back to the last point, I mean, you did skip over me there, but you know, I love Lord of the Rings. You know, I mean, that is fucking fantastic. But and spoilers here for Return of the King. But to be honest, if you've not seen Return of the King at this point, yeah. fuck you. So, <laughs> ghost pirates, yeah? Yeah, they're the worst bit of the thing, yeah. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Terrible, yeah. And, and that's a yeah, five yeah. bloob film. But, yeah. you know, however enthusiastic you want to be about, <laughs> you know, nine, ten hours worth of film footage, when it gets to that bit, it's like, oh, what, who are these guys? Like, why have I only just come up and they're invincible? And then it's like, well... <laughs> We'll use you to fight this bit. Now we're going off to the real battle. We just go off, just do whatever you want. Okay. And you're like, oh, awful, <laughs> terrible execution. So a lot of this is kind of like, I look at it and I'm like, okay, I mean, I sort of see what they're trying to do and it probably works on paper, but it's just execution. I'm kind of I'm sick of it, to be honest. I was just, honestly, just rubbish. But anyway. Uh, and then we get to this last bit um, and I you know I'm not going to do a worst line of the week because I can't get hold of the script of this uh, of this show what I will do is is kind of worst exposition of the week and it's this scene it's just like what is this yeah honestly this scene is yeah 
just this uh, scene. Is, this scene it, just yeah. add, just add that in just to explain some stuff. Okay, finish, finish, finish. What no, I like, what there is, is a, there's a funny, there's a funny line from Atticus, which I think is meant to be the audience. Essentially, it's a very much a I'm winking at the audience, which is like I don't need a history lesson. The funny thing is actually, and I think this is going to be very difficult. It, the whole Winthrop Braithwaite rivalry, which is so integral to the story, the overall narrative. At some point, they are going to have to discuss that more. Um, and this scene for me. I don't know why they've changed the character of Caleb Braithwaite to Christina. I hate it's it. It's not working for it's not working no. for me. Caleb Braithwaite, and once again, John talking about execution, is a is a is a very interesting character, and he's kind of cool. He's a bit of a dick, but he's kind of cool. He's like the sort of Braithwaite that you like, and they've tried to change <laughs> it so that Christina now has also this dilemma because she's a woman and she's also going to be, you know not allowed to do the same things that the white men are allowed to do. I just don't um, engage with and, it. And I don't like the change because I feel it's very forced. I feel it's a very forced change. The line at the end of the episode where she says, and you can't go around killing white women. Now, that is an interesting line. And I understand what they're trying to do because the whole idea is that throughout history, and we, you're talking about these experiments that in this episode happened on um, the African-American community and the ghosts that we see at the end of the episode. And throughout history, that is the case that, you know, people sometimes turn have turned a blind eye to that violence. But if it was a white woman that was killed, then, you know, it's all over tabloid news. And I understand that point completely. And it is, you know, I just felt the line was very heavy handed and I felt the story was in the episode that was interpretable. I didn't think we need this heavy, clunky scene at the end, you know? I, I get what they're trying to do, but it was clunky. Yeah, so uh, just, I mean, just to end on it, I mean, Gaz might have enjoyed it and you can ask him, but now I'm just going to read out some stuff here. For <laughs> I said this to Michelle, actually. I was like, just listen to this. Uh, and she was like, Jesus, that sounds awful because she's not watching it. Um, although it is me saying it, so it's all going to sound terrible. <laughs> so, um, so we've got, you know, the uh, <laughs> just honestly, this Garden of Eden stuff is just like fucking hell. And when she's saying it, I'm just like, oh, this is painful. You know, Order of the Ancient Dawn, Sons of Adam, uh. The last owner of Letty's house was a disciple of the man who stole pages from the Book of Names, which provides spells to order members. I'm just like, are you fucking having a laugh? Is this a HBO show? Yeah. Honestly. Um, but can you, you stop? Know, as I say, can you stop, please, John? Because you're making me want to go and watch that scene again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, that was a painful last scene, and um, but that. Uh, the beauty of that is that it confirmed for me that this is not for me, this show. It really isn't. Mm. Yeah, I, th I think the last scene was a shame. Uh, but uh, in an otherwise excellent uh, episode, I felt um, it actually did detract from a five bloob for me, that last scene. No, 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 no. I, I agree. I didn't like that scene. But uh, I think maybe it's it's timing and it's placement makes it a lot easier to yeah. write off. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, I, I've just right at the end, sack it off. Yeah. I've made up my mind about the episode and then that happens and I'm like, I, what if, I don't, what if that I don't last, really care. 
what if that last five minutes was someone getting out of a shower and it was a dream? Uh, so would it still be a five bloops, eh? Oh, I thought you were saying much better. Then yes, yes, that would have been much better. <laughs> Six blues. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, guys. I think we've we've dived into quite a lot of this plot. You know, we can't talk about everything, but we have done our best. Um, I think that it's time for us to take a little jaunt over to Cthulhu Corner. Hello everyone, welcome back to Cthulhu Corner. All hail Cthulhu. Now, Come, everybody. All, all hail Kalusu. Uh, <laughs> um, the first uh, literary text that we're going to bring up that is uh, mentioned quite a lot in this episode, uh, it's George's favourite book, it is uh, Dracula. Dracula. And Bram Stoker? We know it's... Ha, ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. Correct, Emma, thank you. I thought that was... One, implied, one yes. book. <laughs> five five blueberries uh, George actually quotes uh, Dracula in episode one when they're getting attacked by the Shogoths um, and I was like oh that's an interesting quote interesting not in the book we'll, we'll run with it um, but I think Dracula applies to Letty this episode because we were talking about uh, you know being brought back from the dead this thing that Letty uh, has, has, has achieved she's back from the dead and she's hungry for life now <laughs> in this this is a weird episode for her because you have her sad in the church she's coming to terms with what's happened to her and discuss this and then throughout the episode she's very happy she's putting on a performance to people she's trying she, she has sex with Atticus which is her <laughs> first time like I said searching for that feeling searching for emotion to Quite be human again yeah, uh, to be yeah, very good, to be human again. And I think that is something that is very heavy in the Dracula text. So uh, for me, not only is that George's favourite book, but I felt that that story completely relates to Letty in this episode. Um, and it was it was fantastically well done. Uh, we're going to talk now about The Shunned House, which is a Lovecraftian story. It's a Lovecraft story indeed, Gareth. And uh, this is about a, an old house in Rhode Island. Um, and guess what? It's haunted. Um, and I know John mentioned that moment where Tick's sort of um, possessed and he's like fighting it. And there's all these faces that are going on. Uh, something very similar happens in this story where uh, someone that the guy cares about, his uncle, I think, is is possessed. And his face keeps changing between all of the spirits in the house um so very reminiscent to that probably a direct reference if you will um <laughs> uh, so i quite like that one i'm gonna pass over to gareth on uh, over at cthulhu corners lovecraft lounge now um no 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 oh, i've got right. two more i've got two more but i'm just okay. segwaying over to and gareth then another one if you want it so yeah <laughs> right, good gone gareth take it away thanks mate uh yeah welcome to uh lovecraft lounge come take a seat with me uh, come on um, hurry up so Winthrop, <laughs> Winthrop House, uh, as it's known, and the Winthrop family is an interesting name, not really in H.P. Lovecraft's uh, catalogue, but inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. So um, 
he wrote a, a, a short story called The Unnameable. Have you read that, Emma? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was turned into a film in 1988. Now, the name Winthrop doesn't appear in the book, but it does appear in the film, which uh, decides to take this unknown, unexplainable kind of be- being and give it a name. And its name is like Adeline Winthrop. Um, so the unnameable becomes Winthrop. Uh, it's a story about like an imaginative writer trying to explain the the possibilities of unexplainable things to his much more logically minded friend um, before they're actually attacked by the unnameable. Um, so I, I wondered whether, you know, there might be some references there to some of the less than logical things that are happening to some of the characters in this show there you go gareth thank you very much for lovecraft lounge emma and john nodding away um they are still here they're just so transfixed by what me and gareth are saying just cut just that next week say anything <laughs> um what lovecraft lounge you want to cut, cut gareth out oh, I love lovecraft lounge. let let him be you're getting cut out next week what do you want to know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you calm down um, I wanted to talk about what Emma mentioned and, and during this episode there are actual factual historical events weaving into the dialogue um, in, in very interesting ways. So we've already talked about um, the the riots that happened in 1951 in Chicago when uh, an African-American family moved into a Cicero neighbourhood. Um, the experiments on African-Americans, and Emma, you've referenced this as well, like... Two of the people named by Letty in this episode, uh, Lucy and Anarka, they were actual uh, black women who were experimented on decades before the 50s. Um, Both women, this is in the episode, both women were enslaved in Alabama in the 1840s and were tortured by J. Marion Sims. Uh, He was a physician uh, and would be known as the father of gynecology. Um, And basically he used to experiment on these women uh, without anesthesia uh, and then he would trial all his experiments on them before trialing uh, doing the experiments on white women so yeah, horrific. once again a p- horrific a piece of factual information um, thrown into the episode in, in in a line of dialogue obviously between Letty and um, some of the other characters so I thought that was very interesting uh, and I wanted to mention something from the from the book because we're going to go on to book differences now but in the book I found it fascinating that the reason that Letty doesn't want to leave the house and why a lot of African-American families around that time were given mortgages was because the way it worked back then is if you were an African-American family and you missed one payment, the house would be gone from you forever. Jesus. Right? So you could have you could have done, you know, $400,000 in today's terms or whatever towards your house. You miss your, your last payment, worth, gone. You miss your last payment, you lose the house. So they used to be able to get mortgages very easily but the reason that, you know, and they used to lose their houses because if they missed one payment, that was it. Uh, and I found that to be a shocking piece of information. Um, and it's one why Letty is so stubborn in the book as well, because she's like, I'm not losing this house. You know, this is a gift. I'm using this gift to pioneer into this neighborhood. I'm gonna, I'm not going to let it go to waste. So I thought that was a very interesting piece of information. Talking about book differences, um, Letty's not recovering from a near-death experience because she doesn't get shot in the book. Um, but she's very religious, like Emma said. So 
<laughs> there's a lot more religion sort of in her character. Um, the boys at the end don't get horrifically murdered. No. Um, uh, I like they that all survive. But I love the change. I think it's grim. I think it's gruesome. I think I, I like it when the show dials up the horror. The ghost in the house is actually that of Hiram Winthrop, who is essentially the big, big Winthrop, isn't it, Emma? Um, yes. <laughs> and in this, they've created a new character called Hiram Epstein, who or whatever his name is, or is it Epstein? Mad scientist. Um, so that was interesting because the, the, the spirit of Winthrop will come into play later on in the season, hopefully. Um, so that was an interesting change for me. And the money in the book that that Letty gets is from her father in the in the book. Her father was a gambler, taught her how to gamble. That's why she's such a sort of smart and, and cunning character because she's always looking at the bigger picture, looking at the game that's that's being played. Playing the um, yeah, yeah, and the change here was that the mother... Obviously, we know the Braithwaites have given her this money to get the house. It's all fabricated. We get that at the end of the episode. But the fact that she thinks it's the mother that gave her the money really adds to this strain in the relationship between the sisters. So I actually felt that was a much more interesting decision and a, and a fantastic one because it led, led to that fantastic... We didn't really talk about it, but that breakdown between um, Letitia and Ruby and the acted in that was the best acting in the episode it was brilliant mm. i loved it and i don't know if anyone wants to expand on that little scene well, because look, i feel it would be a crime not to talk about that scene yeah it's good uh, but uh, and i've said before like stuff like that more of that but instead it gets replaced with just nonsense magic stuff we're, we're even a podcast that's become guilty of you know going oh yeah the monsters and the seance and all this and it's like well you know we're, we're missing kind of the the key moments of relationship building and it's like that to me is 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 what i expected this show to be um and with with the pace that this show is moving at i i, I suspect that those moments will be few and far between mm. but this one was a good moment this one was a was a fantastic moment where we really got a sense of the sister's history we got a sense of you know Letty always taking and taking and taking and never really <clears throat> being there for her sister, not caring about the relationship with the mother. Um, and and for me, I, I want to see more of Letitia and her sister. Uh, obviously difficult now because you know, they're on the outs in terms of after this argument. But um, man, that's some powerful stuff. And I, and I loved it. All right, guys. That's, uh, I, uh, that's it for... Yeah, go on. I have a question. If, uh, if you're go taking on. questions in... Um... I'm taking questions. Yeah. So there's a bit in this episode where someone references a reverend uh, called Martin, um, which is Martin Luther King, obviously, and they, they talk about um, him having this relationship with a white woman, but it's, uh, it's all hush-hush. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yes. in the party. At the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next to the, the punch. Right next to the punch. Right next to the punch. <laughs> See, punch yeah. is important um, for conversation. Punch was important. And um, so uh, I wondered whether or not uh, Martin Luther King makes any sort of appearance uh, in the books at some point. Uh, not, no. No, no not off the top of my head, Emma. But it'd be interesting, no. wouldn't it? What's the point in that? I... Why have they dropped that in? I'm one blue now, actually. 
<laughs> it's an odd joke. You know, the the show is going in in a similar direction, but it is clearly doing its own thing. It's putting more emphasis on this overarching theme that maybe is in the book in the book it's just there it's present and i think they are trying to drop extra elements in here that sometimes work and sometimes don't work but for the most part i think they're doing a pretty good job um but you're right john i did forget about that reference and that's a very good one so my bad Mm. it's time to move on to some feedback and unfortunately yeah unfortunately this week uh because we're recording uh slightly earlier than usual uh, we have a few pieces and if you have sent your feedback in and it doesn't get read out this week I am sorry it just missed the boat it will go into it will just go into next week's feedback section okay first up we have an email from Yorick Chapfallen who has said greetings fan critical gang greetings to you Yorick greetings Yorick uh, just wanted to say that I'm thoroughly enjoying your podcast last week was the first time I've heard all five of you at the same time. Mm. And I really love the energy you all bring. Great Me stuff just and great fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, just, I just watched episode three of Lovecraft Country and wow, there are some interesting things going on in there uh, and there's some interesting changes from the source material. Can't wait to hear what you all think about them. Hope you're all staying safe. Yes, last week, for all five of us for the first time, that was interesting. Hard, it was good hard to all edit. be together again. Is that, is that fair then? Hard edit. It was hard to edit. Mm. Um, but I oh, will say be easier it was next good. Week, mate. Yeah, we all have so many different opinions. Uh, and as you've heard, John's leaving the podcast now for the time being. He might come back. You know what he's like. He will. He'll come back. They always do. He'll be I'll start a counter um, one. Just me, just ranting for 15 minutes. He's going to have <laughs> a couple weeks off. In that. Um, but other than that, uh, thank you, Yorick, for your support. And we will get uh, more of us in, in a po- five of us in a podcast again probably mm. for the how the fuck have you not seen that series because that is really fun when we get five of us in those so let's hope to that uh, we've been talking to some people on discord you can talk to us on discord all you've got to do is go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical and sign up give us some monies you can chat to us Laura Beamish has been chatting to us uh, we asked we've been chatting about opinions on um, episode two <laughs> because it was quite divisive it's quite divisive in the old group wasn't it Quite yeah, it's just, just the like the idea of chatting about opinions. So we were just chatting about yeah. opinions, and just that's it. And that's opinions. the end of that. What's an opinion in that? Um, <laughs> she said she thinks episode two was a four blueberry. Didn't enjoy it as much as the first episode. Had some great potential, uh, but overall enjoyed the episode. Someone who has read the book, I didn't really notice. Slash was bothered by rushing some stuff because I already knew the basic history, but I can see how it. Yeah, but what if you didn't stretched out a bit? But what exactly. if you didn't? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see if and such how they'll follow the rest of the book based on some of the changes. Such Honestly, as like ending a, episode two. Like imagine making a pizza and not cooking it and going, yeah. well, do you know what? I've had pizza before, so I'd imagine <laughs> that pizza would be lovely. Come Good on. Good analogy. I, I mean, I have to say, like we've talked about this last week, uh, that they could have definitely done the content from last week's episode in two episodes, but they didn't. So um we've uh, had some nice least. feedback on twitter haven't we john some nice feedback on twitter yeah every now and then yeah yeah do you want me to you read got, any out or... now nah, i've got it for you mate don't you worry okay i've Good. got it for you yeah uh chip gross has this to say missed you all since watchman thank you very much we've referenced the Minutemen earlier in this episode um we are still Minutemen, and now there is a goblin that lasts only eight seconds. Uh, is that Emma? He says is this, it? As a bl- yeah, yeah. Well, the <laughs> three minute men and the eight second goblin. <laughs> oh my god! I've quit. Um, I've had enough of this. They say 
They say, as a black American, it's fascinating listening to the international hosts learn about American racism through fiction. Love the discussion and commentary. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, interesting. Good. Nice feedback. Look, I mean, that's the yeah. Um, and and I think some of the feedback that we've had from American listeners ha- has been that a lot of these shows are actually really educational for Americans too, um, mm. because um, there's some controversy over textbooks and and who it is that's responsible for publishing them and and what information gets included. So um, it, it's yeah, it's f- brilliant that you can you can learn more. Um, remember, life life is a lesson. Yeah, and it's not like we don't learn about these issues, like the civil rights movement. We all learn about that at school. It's a major part of our of my learning growing up, at least, and I'm sure it's a major part of all your learning growing up. Uh, anyone else in the UK, it is something we focus on: the American civil rights movement. And um, I like to think I'm quite well educated in the matter. But as we've talked about when we watch Watchmen, and when we're watching this show, and Emma referenced it this time, there are moments in these shows that we are just oblivious to the Tulsa race riots was one in Watchmen and that's also referenced in the book here uh, and I'm sure we'll get referenced again throughout this season sundown towns we talked about that in the first episode and how we we weren't necessarily sure what that was and now we're getting more about these experiments that have been done on African Americans and pioneering so we're learning little extra bits of information that we might not have known before and that's what the show is good at it is good at highlighting uh, things that weren't aren't well known at, and shedding a light on them to be discussed to have articles written about them to have podcasts talk about them to have people discuss them with the listeners and stuff like that so it's fantastic to see the show making some um, serious dents in, in history as mm. it were like trying to just, make us uh, learn what's going on just add some more feedback on twitter if you want to read it out go on live so, go on yeah, well, I say live. It was a day ago, but Mister Aguia, is he calling says, you that? Uh, or oh. <laughs> I know it's just lost in translation sometimes. <laughs> um, so Mister Aguia uh, says John's blue ratings have been spot on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Lovecraft <laughs> Country has been a real disappointment so far. Uh, well, no, because I would have said something like John's sexy voice has said blah, blah, blah. And then you definitely know I was lying. Uh, it says, uh, Lovecraft Country has been a real disappointment so far. I had such high hopes. Uh, this episode will be Last Chance Saloon for me. So, you know. So it let's, literally let's is. Let's see. Let- <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So now, now we're in the DMs. So that's all good. Um, but no, look, it's... Uh, you know, I just want to put that out there. It's not always, yeah, this show's brilliant and I don't care what's going on and I don't care it's rubbish, five bloobs. You know, some people out there are like, you know what, I'm sick of this. It's not good. Um, so good on you. Me and Aguia are having a party. Um, okay. So that's it. <laughs> We're not invited. No, absolutely Anyway, not. thanks, John. Thanks for... No punch allowed. <laughs> no punch allowed at this party. Uh, and back to Emma in the non-Cthulhu-themed studio. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, really, really good stuff, actually, this week. Really interesting. Um, so surprising. Think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm shocked, quite frankly, that you've brought something we quality We actually had a today. discussion. Yeah, wasn't it good? Um, no, thank you, everybody. Uh, I think it's been a great conversation. Lots of things learnt and um, brought to the table. Uh, so hopefully everyone else has enjoyed listening to it. If you have, uh, leave us a review. We will... Um, enjoy reading them uh send us your we feedback do enjoy reading them. to fancriticalpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs> think about that. 
uh, or on our social media. Uh, you can find all of those just by searching for Fan Critical. Um, so I'd like to say thank you to Gaz for um, you, being Emma. here and Lovecraft Lounge, Cheers. which was fascinating. Yep. Always uh, welcome. Len, also for Cthulhu Corner. Yeah, no worries. All and, hail Cthulhu. Um, let's all, all say a final goodbye. It's not the last one, though, is <laughs> it? To John. For, Definitely for not a couple of weeks. Back. See you again. Yeah, cheers. Um, can can I just... worm his way back in. Oh, whatever. Um, me and Aguirre, <laughs> me and Aguirre are starting one. So um, <laughs> That's Mr. Aguirre to you. I just want to add something, actually, kind of jokes aside. Um, when it comes to ratings of this episode or this podcast... You know, Len's always like, yeah, five bloobs. And I'm like, look, one blue bus. I don't give a shit. As long as we get opinions, I love all that. Yeah, but, 100%. you know, if you're going to review us and you despise it that much, that's absolutely fine. But email in. You know, let's have a bit of constructive oh, yeah, feedback. Do. Because yeah, 100%, then we can 100%. start a dialogue. There's nothing more frustrating than someone going, well, I don't understand why these guys covered this or blah, blah, blah. Um and actually, sometimes I'll read it as as a as a summary and go. Oh, I'm interested to hear more from that person, but then we never do. Yeah. So email. No, in. I agree. If if you yeah. think, I think getting if you a think bit more detail. If you think we've misunderstood something, or we we haven't fully grasped the the implications of something that is maybe an important historical moment to 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 you or your country and and you know we we can only speak about things from our perspective at the end of the day we are including lucy we are five british people who have been brought up in um our very own context and we're watching things through that context and we apply our understanding to that if we don't know something let us know but as john says have a conversation with us because um then then we can we can learn more from you that's that's what it's all about the the email address yeah, the email address is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. It's going to be in the show notes. It is every week. And like we said, please do leave us a review. If you have any constructive criticism, please do email us and we will happily open a dialogue with anyone. We are lovely. We don't bite. We do accept all criticism. Well, and we would love to. Not that just now that John's left. Anyway. Absolutely. Well, thanks, guys. Um, really interesting conversation. And we look forward to being back next week for episode four. Goodbye. Bye. See you guys. Bring the punch. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.